Welcome to Intrigued and Confused, a mental health podcast hosted by the Recording Library of West Texas, a cool nonprofit that provides audio to those with mental, physical, or learning impairments. Enjoy today's show, and thanks for supporting those who read by listening. Oh, Stephanie, to you, does it feel like Christmas? Like, are you in the Christmas? I love, by the way, she has the best Christmas sweater on today. Well, that's a really good question, considering I'm wearing one of my ugly sweaters. So, you know, I really, I'm one of the maybe fortunate ones that really gets to enjoy this time. And I've had really great memories around the holiday time. And so this time of the year, I think, is when I really am able to rejuvenate personally because I just go all in, you know, so starting around September, people laugh at me because I'm like, it's the holiday season. And they're like, no, it's not. So (laughs) I'm one of those crazy people that starts, you know, decorating my house for fall and in September. uh, And this year actually wasn't my bright idea, but my 12 year old was like, can we put our Christmas stuff up the first weekend in November? And I said, girl, yes, Yes. (laughs) we can. So I, it is not necessarily feeling like the actual spirit of Christmas to me yet, but I love this time of year. I tend to be a little more patient, even though everyone else feels a little more chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because the last couple of years have really been kind of intense, I'm very mindful to enjoy these moments right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you make a conscious effort to enjoy I really the am. holidays. Yeah. Okay. So work tends to be a lot more hectic. Um, as a psychologist, people don't feel good. And so I'm being bombarded with requests for new people. And you and I were talking before about putting boundaries. So I'm sticking mm-hmm. to my boundaries and being very mindful to really enjoy the moments or the days. And I'm trying not to wish away my time of after the holidays or when Christmas gets here, you know, I'm trying not to think too far ahead because mm-hmm. then you wish away your days and you lose those moments. Right. And you don't, you don't want to look back and say, man, right. I think I could have enjoyed Christmas a little yeah. bit more. Or I don't even remember. Yeah. I'm in the studio today with Dr. Stephanie Moses, who has joined me before, and she is kind enough to lend her time and expertise to us to uh, share her thoughts and, and stories with us on this podcast, Intrigued and Confused. I'm Bailey Hennis, Executive Director at the Recording Library of West Texas and the host of this fantastic mental health podcast. And I just wanted to uh, audio describe her sweater for those who are visually impaired, because that's what we do. And um, it's just a fantastically fun sweater. It's red and white striped. And it's got a, it's got long sleeves, yes. And it's got a reindeer on the front that is glittered and it's got tinsel and he's wearing glasses, which is extremely adorable. And it's a 10 out of 10. So thank you for bringing (laughs) your, uh, your energy and your awesome sweater to the studio today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This actually has a little bit of a story behind it. So about five, four or five years ago, I started, um, I just w- really wanted my family to have a tradition. So I started an ugly pajama Christmas party for mm. just my family, right? Just, mm-hmm. And I have so many kids, it feels like it's a real party. Right. right? <laughs> so I have four kids and, you know, my mom will come and and um, every once in a while we'll have, you know, the kids will have friends. So anyway, so my mom and sister were coming maybe the first or second year that I had it. And so my mom bought us all the sweaters to wear with ugly pajama bottoms, uh, my sister and I. And so 
mom is here again this year for it. So I'm just reliving that memory through this sweater because we had a great time. You're like, (laughs) so so does everyone bring, do they make their own sweaters or they just find some out in the universe? So, (laughs) no. So since we typically keep it small, I mean, it's just really our family. I don't open it up to a lot of people because I want my kids to have the memory of how much I go out just um, for the family. And really, since it's the kids and they don't have jobs, I have to. (laughs) find it all and it was just this particular year that mom provided the tops you know for me her and my sister because we're we're all pretty close and so our ugly pajama because it's not ugly sweater it's normally pajamas right but Uh i like to wear big comfy sweaters and um and so that's going to be this thursday and so we're going to do it all again okay i love that tradition that's really cute it's really fun so this year i've probably went maybe too far out. Um, I've hired a magician. I did what? that a couple of years ago, and he was amazing. What? That's so cool. Yeah, Magic by Harlan. I hope he doesn't mind me um, repping him up a little Shout bit. Out. Yeah, he <laughs> was great two years ago. We couldn't have him last year because of the pandemic. So he's coming back on Thursday. And then I got like, I don't know, I, I went too far out. I went, you know, and got the cotton candy people to make the cotton candy and snow cones and wait they're gonna they're gonna make it at your house they're gonna come to my house and set it all up and make it and it's literally just us yeah (laughs) this is probably way too much but no no i i think that's it's okay to talk about stuff like that because you deserve it like i think i think you deserve it yeah you know and i just want to create the magic of christmas for my kids you know my parents went all they didn't go all out like this i'm a little i'm a little dramatic a little (laughs) I'll, I'll own that part. Um, but, you know, I just want my kids to have those fun memories. And I think that's another reason why I don't typically invite people outside of the family because mm-hmm. I want it to, them to just remember it was just a family. Because, you know, they get distracted with their friends and friends right. are great. But we have right. so much other time during the holiday time because everybody's having a party, right? Yes. So it's like this one's ours. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's more intimate. Yeah. And, and they can look back and, and it's say. It's free. Yeah. It's more personalized and you're saying, hey, I've taken the time because I love and care about you. Right. And it's not just open to an open invite to just exactly. anyone who wants to come share this awesome <laughs> cotton candy. Like, <laughs> no, I'm hoping it's going to be amazing. We'll see. I was like, okay, I probably did the most this year. But, you know, we really didn't get to do much of that last year. So that kind of that fun. puts me in the Christmas spirit. It does. Doesn't yeah, it? When it you know really, you have really something does. to look forward to, which hopefully we'll talk about in a little bit. But a yeah. lot of times, positive anticipation like that can kind of help you get through the holidays, and really does bring you more into the spirit. And you know, we lose fact of what Christmas is really about. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's you know the, how we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But what comes from that, and really, what I want to teach my kids is it's really about the relationships. And loving people and extending grace, you know, mm-hmm. and I won't get on my religious soapbox, but that's what it is to me. So whatever religion or spirituality you choose, I think if we really just have compassion and show that in whatever way and we extend a little bit of grace and understanding, I mean, I think that will take away some of the ugh of the holidays. Yeah. And I want to talk more about anticipation, positive. Yeah. You said positive, positive anticipation. anticipation. I love uh-huh. that. Um, we're talking about holiday stress today. And Stephanie's going to uh, explain how you can kind of deal with holiday stress and, and look forward to things. And we've, we've had a hard year, even uh, post-COVID or in the middle of COVID still, whatever <laughs> whatever, whatever era still. we're in now yeah, and want to title it. But um, Dr. Stephanie Moses is going to uh, talk a little bit more about her family, too, because she has a really cool family. And I want to know more about her son's car that <laughs> she got him at 16. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> I just I think about that because I love that story. Um, if you listen to the past episodes with Dr. Stephanie Moses and I, because you'll hear a little bit more about um, her personal life, which I think is yeah. really great because 
we can relate. People can relate. Sure. We don't we don't want this podcast to sound too uh, scripted or anything like that. But we're all human and mm-hmm. we all have our our own struggles and all right. you know positive things too and interesting things. So um we're just going to have a casual conversation about holiday stress and try not to bombard you with <laughs> 50 ways to combat holiday yeah. stress. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you might my goal is to just normalize it, right? I mean, yes. you know, for so many variety of different reasons, whether the holidays were difficult for you as a child. I mean, you know, some people didn't grow up celebrating the holidays or their family wasn't together or when the family was together, it was dramatic and fighting. And, you know, there's so many reasons why the holidays can be hard. Um, Another reason is feeling, especially now if you've grown up into the adult that is responsible for making the holidays happen for your family, Mm -hmm. whether you're, you know, mom or dad or a grandparent, um, that is, that holds that responsibility so many of us put some stock into just making it perfect, you mm-hmm. know? So whatever the stress is, it's a time where a lot of times we just don't want to enjoy it. We are not, we not, we don't want to, we want to enjoy it, but we can't. Right. Or there's some reason holding us back and it's normal. It's normal and it's okay. But I, what I find is that not a lot of us will do things to try to mitigate that stress mm-hmm. or be intentional about saying, yeah, this is a stressful time because I have so much to do, but I'm going to rock it anyway or own it or figure out a way to not just to get through it, mm-hmm. but to be present in it. Okay. So you're saying acknowledge that it's stressful. Oh, yeah. But say, you know, we'll get through it together as a family or friends, whoever you're celebrating the holidays with. But Absolutely. Um, yeah, that that kind of prompted something I've been thinking about. I, I I'm always interested in like human behavior, and that's why I went into communications. Talking about not being too poised or being mm-hmm. too worried about perfection, that can really stifle, one, your creativity. For sure. And two, it's like if you've ever watched anything like The Voice, um, who usually wins? The yeah. people who have vulnerability. <laughs> Absolutely. The people who can get up there and say or cry on national television yeah. and say, I've went through these struggles, but this is how I handled it. Look mm-hmm. where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love that you've pointed that out through forms of media, like the voice, mm-hmm. because I think media, if we let it, can skew our perception of what life is supposed to be like. And so then we're striving to meet whatever that might be on a television show or on social media, and maybe that's not what it is. So we're trying to meet something uh, that really doesn't exist. And, you know, goodness, when we can... Just be authentic mm-hmm. and be comfortable in our skin, which is so hard for a lot of us to yes. do. The connection is more real. The experience is more real. It's not always more enjoyable, but it's definitely more real. You know, in the times that it's not more enjoyable, we can learn from it and do better. And that could be what we call cathartic, which is healing as well. So you don't you don't always have to be happy and things don't have to be perfect. One thing that I remember quite frequently is, you know, when, when I was getting married I remember my wedding planner said the most important thing, like nobody knows what vision you have in your head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's right. All those people that were coming to the wedding or that are going to come to a Christmas party or whatever Christmas dinner or New Year's Eve party, they don't know what vision you had in your head. So your, your image and idea of perfection, honestly, is just in your head. True. Right. When you think about it, it takes the power away from it. And then no one's going to remember all the little details anyway. Because <laughs> right. you know what? Because they're there to connect. They're there to enjoy the conversations. Yes. They're there to have a good time. They're not worried about those smaller details. They just 
don't really matter as much. Yeah, I think connection is important right now. Um, let's talk a bit more about connection. We kind of missed out on a lot of connection mm-hmm. um, due to the pandemic. Talk a little bit about this is to me, this is really the first time that I'm going to be able to see everybody and, and mm-hmm. feel a little bit more comfortable and, and just truly try to enjoy it. Um, like you, I'm going to try to be conscious and enjoy yeah. Christmas. Um, but what what is it like to if you go from not having that connection that you're so used to and now it's gone, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Like there's this lull, like you were saying, and now it's back. Right. Overwhelming. Uh, yeah, it can yeah. be overwhelming or feel awkward. It can produce anxiety. Like, I don't know what to say. What are they going to think of me now? I've had people uh, that I work with in my clinic that I that I help treat. Um, and I say help treat because they treat me a lot, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very, it, it's very therapeutic for me as well. But I've had people say, I don't even know if I want to go back out and be around people and do these things because I look so different mm. or I feel so different. Or I'm just not the same, you know, so we have all of those concerns plaguing us as we're back enjoying each other's physical space, right? Mm Because that's what was taken from us before. I think the key to connection is talking about things that you care about. Mm. You know, it's two parts. It's a great tip. So, yeah, so it's talking about things that you actually care about because we've all seen the person who's rambling on about things that they really don't care about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, probably our teachers or professors right, in school, right. right? When you're like, she could care less. You can tell when someone is engaged in what they're saying. Yeah. When they're engaged, we pick up on the energy that they're speaking to us with, even if they're not, you know, being over the top flamboyant. But if it's something they care about, sometimes their energy is really low, right? Because they're talking about something very difficult, Mm. especially during this holiday season. Uh, But we connect with that level of energy because we're picking up and sensing some emotions, some vulnerability. So when you talk about what what things you care about, it allows the receiver of the information to connect with you on that. Even if they don't really care about that topic or anything about it, they're connecting with your energy, with your emotion. Okay, that's great. Yeah, if you're the receiver of information, be curious. Yes. Okay, I really like that. So it's like just because they're not hyped up and talking about it doesn't mean – you're so right because whenever I do a show, it's like I'm not – you know, I, yeah. I'm excited to do it, but it's something I know and I'm comfortable with, and I'd right. love to share that with people. Exactly. So you're totally right. If people are <laughs> way too energetic, <laughs> they might just be trying to fake it till they make it. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing about it is, you know, how many times have you experienced someone who's like, well, yeah, you know, and you're like, that's fake, right? Like, we can tell when people yeah. are really engaged. Yeah. And so even if energy is not over the top, you can tell by the body language, meaning is their body open? What is their eye contact like? What is the intonation like in their voice? How do their voice rises and falls with different things that they're saying? So you pick up on that energy. And also, too, it's just way more interesting when people talk about what they're interested yeah, in. Yeah. And it, it makes them feel just, more comfortable, too. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons we all hate small talk. Yeah. Because we're not interested in the topic. Right. And then when you're the receiver of the information, you're not curious about you know, anything about what they're saying because you're not picking up on any of that energy. Yeah. So I don't really see a reason for small talk. Why have small talk? Talk about what you care about talk and be curious about what the, you know, the person that's talking is really saying. Mm -hmm. Like that, that equal exchange of energy is what you're kind of referring to is is like, um, bring up a subject that you're interested in or that you know a lot about and, and then 
genuinely listen in return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between hearing and listening. 100% yeah, you difference. can hear yeah. you can hear one ear and out the other but yeah. truly listening and engaging with that person really listening mm-hmm. yeah you know and just when when you walked in um this week today and we were going in the studio when you said well how are you mm-hmm. if i would have been like fine but i'm like no you know actually i've been really good and this is why i've been good did i know if you really cared about that or not no but you then engaged because we were talking about the boundaries and how you kind of just survive through this time, right. but really live out the boundaries. And I think that that, and it's not, you know, I think we have a great relationship, but we don't talk a lot outside of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, um, I don't feel as though that was a small talk kind of moment. I feel like that that was a true moment right. of connection, you Definitely. know, and then our conversation switched to something else. Right. So if you think about it like that, it really does take away that um, social anxiety or that anxiety part of engaging in the holidays and Christmas parties and all of this stuff because there's no need for small talk. Just connect. Yes, and I I truly don't like, hey, how are you? Because you can say that casually in the hallway, and it's not right. like you really care how they're doing. Exactly. You don't know them. I mean, you're just being nice. But right. um, I had someone ask me, they never said really, hey, how are you? Because I'm like, well, do you have 30 minutes, you know, right. and you want to get some coffee? That's right. Um, they said, how is your heart? Oh. They came and said, how is your heart? And I was just well, I like. like that. I was like emotional. I was like, what? <laughs> how is my heart? I don't know how right. my heart is, you know. Right, but that went right for the connection, didn't but it? But it immediately made me feel like hmm. they are, they're giving me at least a couple of minutes of their time. That's right. And time is the greatest thing you can give to somebody. Yeah, it's invaluable. Your, yes, your time and, and truly your listening to that person, I That's think. Right. So I was like, you know, I, I love that. It's it's caring, but it's and it's not, I don't know, I just liked it a mm-hmm. lot. And mm-hmm. so I, I've tried to think of some new things to say instead, instead of, hey, how are you doing? I, I really like that, too. I, I do. And, you know, I have a rule of thumb and possibly because of my occupation, but I don't ask how you're doing mm-hmm. unless I really mean it. Right. So I'm not going to ask it on the way, you know, to, um, somewhere where I'm going, where there's not that space for someone to just start, start to start, um, talking about whatever. And I just don't have time to listen. Right. So I really won't ask it. And then I think there's a way that you ask it, right. To mm-hmm. say, I can actually have the space to talk to you right now. So whether it's, how are you doing or how's your heart? I think it's important to then listen to the answer too. Right. Yeah. Don't just yeah. casually. Mm-hmm. Say it and then, oh, well, look at the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then it gives people the indication that you really don't care. You yeah. know? And so many people right now during this time of year just need someone to care. Mm-hmm. Even if it's that three minutes where you can answer how your heart is or you don't know how your heart is. Mm-hmm. They just need someone to care right now. That's what we're missing a lot of Yeah, is people giving you that time, like you said, of theirs where they just listen to you. Do you think people are in need of an outlet right now? Uh, to yeah. just kind of vent and right. I mean, that's what you do. It's thank, mm-hmm. thank goodness for people like you, because you can go and get that professional help that you need and right. you don't have to fight alone. But I think people are just needing a place to vent and they just, do. And they need a safe person to be able to let down their guard. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about how much we walk around with our guards up because we're worried about someone's opinion of us, or we need to feel as though we have it together. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, a few years ago when I was going through my divorce, I felt as though I couldn't not be okay. Right. Cause of my occupation, I just have to be okay. Right. And so when I wasn't okay and people would ask how I was doing, 
it would be one of those, I'm fine, you know, and I did have someone say, mm, come in here, sit down. How are you really? You know, and yeah. so it was that, oh, oh do you actually want to yeah. hear oh. this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people need that space, whether it's with a professional or a friend. Um, the heart, the part that seems hard is when you're the receiver of the information, feeling like you need to fix it. You don't need to fix it. Yeah. My friend and I, my best friend, we decided whenever we have something to talk about, like he'll come up to me and start saying, oh, this is happening at work. So we'll ask each other. We'll say, are, are we just going to listen or are we going to fix it? Yes. And so that tells yes, both of I us. I like that. That just tells us up front. That's hey, right. we're not going to try to fix it. I'm just venting to you. Exactly. And and, and you know what? That's a boundary in and of itself. So, mm-hmm. so prior to starting the episode, we, you and I were talking about – uh, how I'm trying to be very mindful and letting people know what to expect of me, right? And mm-hmm. when you can't, because setting boundaries, we often think it's just saying no. And it's not. There's so many ways that we can set boundaries just like that. So when you are engaging in a conversation where someone is being vulnerable or you need to be, I think it's very important to set that conversation up so each party knows their role, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to come to you and I've got some hard stuff going on, I'm like, hey, Bailey, you got a minute? I just need to talk. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you can say, wait, are we talking? Do you want me to help fix it? And I can say, no, I just need to vent. Yeah, I love and that. then, you know, okay, I got you. Right? That, that, that helps my Pisces brain because <laughs> a Pisces, like we just, we need to fix it. Like we're like, Oh, That's what? Right. You have this problem. Let's fix it. And right. People are like, well, I didn't want to fix it. I just yeah, wanted to talk. I just wanted to talk. So it really, it. it really just sets up the expectations of the conversation and the, uh, the tempo. It does. And mm-hmm. then both parties are not leaving feeling like they don't know what just happened. Have you right. experienced that when oh, you've gone, try to be vulnerable with someone and you're like, what just happened? I was just trying to talk about my stuff and then you jumped in and you're trying to fix it and it just oh. doesn't work that way. Oh, you can, it's yeah. like a domino effect. It, it can go really into is. so many different things and, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah. but I just needed to talk about one subject and now exactly. we're on 10 and, <laughs> and then you're overthinking and you're, and you're frustrated, yes. Yes. you know? And so unfortunately I have a friend that will just jump in and start giving. And I'm like, wait, you just listen. I just need you to listen. No, you're not listening. Just listen. Right. And trying to, and then it's like, Oh, you just want me to listen. Yes. That's oh, all okay. I need you to do. It takes off a lot of stress whenever you set that up. It really does like, oh, for both. Right. For both parties. Yeah, so I, I think that's a great advice. Just yeah. um, set up, Set up the conversation before you get too deep into it. That's right. It's okay to say, "Hey, I just can you just listen for a minute?" Or yeah, um, can I just vent? Can I just it can really I, is. Can I rant and rave yeah. and, and yell? <laughs> exactly. Like, just let me get this out. But if you're on the receiving end and you don't know what the speaker is needing from you, ask. You know, do you want me to give you my opinion? Do you want a solution? Do you want me just to listen? It's okay to ask, and I think they'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm, you know, because then both, like we said, both needs are met, and then. That's a boundary, which is amazing. People don't think of boundaries quite like that. Mm-hmm. You know? They think it's like no yeah. or nothing, you know, all or right. nothing. Exactly. And- nope. Can't do that. No, I'm not doing that. And so, so many people struggle with setting a boundary, number one, because they don't know how to identify them. But then they think it's, well, I'm just saying no, they're going to be upset with me. Mm-hmm. And you really don't have to say no unless it really is a no. You can say, you know, yes, we can set this conversation up this way or I can get to that next week or next month or, you know. So I think communicating and letting people know what to expect of you in those moments, whether it's in a conversation, uh, a work responsibility, a life responsibility, kiddos, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think practicing boundaries um, now until Christmas. Cause it, and New so, Year's Eve, honestly. And New Year's, oh, yeah, yeah, New Year's Eve. I forget yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right there, too. Um, I don't know. You might have some awkward situations at your family get-togethers where you might not be comfortable talking about some things. 
Mm-hmm. And you can say, um, that's a boundary for me. Or, you know, I, I'm not comfortable talking about that right now yeah. or something. And I think yes. once you start setting those boundaries, it scares people, I think. Well, I think they'll definitely notice a change in the behavior. And some people don't respond well to boundaries. If you say, I'm not comfortable talking about that or... You know, can we talk about this another time? Maybe, you know, because social gatherings are not always the best time to get involved in really deep conversations, um, especially personal ones, or if you're feeling violated by the content of questions or inquiries. Uh, And so, yeah, someone may not take that well, but I think our challenge then becomes realizing that's not because of you and the boundary they set, you set, that's because of them. They're needing to control their own reaction and they're needing to understand where you're coming from. And so their response, if it's not um, understanding, is a product of their own insecurity. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to do with you. Yeah. What other people think of you has nothing to do with you. It really doesn't. And that really, if you think about that in the broad sense, you're like, oh, that's it's true. And like, it's so freeing. It is freeing. Wow. And, you know, it can be one of those concepts that's difficult to understand uh, difficult to really believe. But the reason why it's so true is because we receive information and perceive other people based off our, what we call schema or schemata, which is our own thoughts about us and how we exist in the world. That's why that ends up being true. So if, you know, I, you have hurt me or you're, you know, you're feeling as though I'm judging you in some way, that has everything to do with me and not anything really to do with your intention your perceptions or anything. I'm perceiving from my own personal space schema and insecurities play in that. Our background plays into that, right? And so it really doesn't have much to do with you. It has to do with me. A lot of times if you can, you know, if you are receiving a judgment from someone that's not pleasurable and you can say, what did I do that makes you feel this way? A lot of times they can't articulate it, Mm -hmm. right? Or they will tell you something that you said and you can say, that's not how I intended it to be at all. And they don't, realize that until it's cleared up but so many of us don't we just walk away from the conversation frustrated or hurt or then it breeds our own insecurities yes breeding your own insecurities Mm -hmm. i I like that as humans we naturally assume things instead of asking for clarity i do that i personally do do. that i mean i'm like oh Mm -hmm. i thought that you know i took that this way and and they say oh i didn't mean that at all yeah you know yeah. And then uh, what do we do when they say, that's not what I meant. We don't believe them. We like, believe that we're right. Right. Like, sure. <laughs> and we cut the eyes. At yeah, them. We believe that we're the ones that are right. As opposed to taking what they're saying at face value because they're in their own head and they know what they meant, you know, and all of these topics are so important around this time because we are going to do so much gathering. Yeah. Everyone has holiday parties or not everyone. A lot of us will have holiday parties from friends or work or a friend of a friend or something. There's just a lot of activity going mm-hmm. on right now, even in the stores. I mean, around here in West Texas, the traffic is like, where did all these people come I, from? First of all, I know. <laughs> but in target, I mean, it was just so many people. So we have a lot of interchanges mm-hmm. uh, during this time of year. So I think it's important to really be mindful of how you're communicating, what your intentions are, but then also to how you're perceiving someone else's behavior when they're interacting with you. Being mindful about asking how someone really is and giving the time and space for them to uh, really tell you, you know, setting boundaries, challenging people on how, when they can expect things of you, especially right now, you know, yeah, all of that is so important to manage through this holiday time and remembering it doesn't have to be perfect. It's about the connection, not about the activity. You've given great information about just being mindful and conscious of going into these social settings for the holidays. 
Um, and truly just remembering it's about being with the people you love yeah. and care about because mm-hmm. tomorrow is not promised. It's not, right. And so it right. doesn't matter if, you know, the casserole is not cooked all the way. Like exactly. you're not going to look back and remember that so. at all. At all. And then if you do, it's a joke, right? Yeah. Make, <laughs> then make it becomes it, make humorous. things more funny. Yeah. Like, just, not everything is really matters that much. Most people don't really care if the food was perfect or what you looked like or what outfit you had on. We're not really concerned about that. It's really about the connection. Mm-hmm. The other part of it, I think, is as we're out and about, for maybe the people that we don't know very well, remember, you never know what someone's really struggling with. And I think it's so important because this time breeds frustration for us and anxiety and a lot of for a lot of people anxiety can manifest as being irritable and rude and you know, it's just a symptom and it can it can do that for sure but when you put that onto someone else you don't know what they're dealing with and so if we approach situations and individuals with compassion and curiosity even if they've been rude to you I think it'll go a long way. Yeah, because it probably has nothing to do with you. More than like, likely. Just like we said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More, More than, than likely. likely it could. Yeah. <laughs> but let's not assume <laughs> right. that it does. Right. But yeah, More than just... likely it has nothing to do with you, especially if it's, you know, a coworker. You don't know what the holidays have been like for them. So many people have triggers around this time of the year from bad experiences, right? Whether it's like we talked about before, it was a childhood thing. Um, the holidays are just hard for a lot of people. And it feels like there's a lot of deaths around the holidays. There's a lot of accidents, traffic accidents. There's just a lot going on for people. So if you're curious about why is this person irritable today, as opposed to just kind of snapping back or popping back off on them and ask and approach it with compassion and ask, you may get a deeper understanding, which is then wraps back around to that connection piece that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about triggers? Let's say someone who's listening to this, you know, maybe the holidays are just very triggering for them. And this is more of like a deep dive into your expertise. And that's why you went to school for a long time. Um, <laughs> um, let's just do like a mock session type thing. Like, let's say I'm like a client and I'm just, I've had a lot of trauma or whatever in my life. And um, the holidays are just triggering. What advice would you give to someone who has those uh, moments of um, just they're just overwhelmed or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, what what advice would you give to them on how to just try to relax and enjoy the holiday? Yeah. And well, you know, I think the first thing that I would probably say is, you know, we're not going to put the focus on um, really trying to do a whole bunch of things. Let's just own where you are. Okay. Right. There's a lot of freedom in just owning where we are. Yeah. And the way that you can do that from my profession, right. If, um, if I'm the treating clinician is to validate, that for them. You know, this is really a hard time of year. And a good majority of the people that I work with, this is a really, really hard time of the year. And it's not always because, you know, of a physical abuse situation or, or something like that. Sometimes the how the home was just so chaotic. People, you know, use substances more around this time. Don't forget it gets dark early by 6 p.m. Right. All of those things can impact us and can make the holiday time a lot more stressful. So no matter what the trigger is, if someone is feeling overwhelmed, uncertain, Let's just validate it. Let's sit in the space together. Let's feel it. Feel what it feels like in your body, right? Let's identify what thoughts that you end up having with it, too, because have you ever noticed that one negative thought will lead to another, lead to another, lead to another? Yeah. Yeah. And then your mood is tanked, right? Mm -hmm. And so we identify those things after 
validating that, yeah, this time of the year could just really be sucky. While I'm over here with my ugly Christmas sweater, you may really be struggling over here. Right. You know? uh, and that's okay. We can have different experiences, and I can still understand sure. where you're coming from. So validation is a huge part of it because so often the person who's struggling feels alone mm-hmm. in their struggles. Thoughts like no one will understand me. Nobody gets it. Everybody around me is happy. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I, everyone around me is happy and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, I just can't get out of this funk uh-huh. or something. And that perpetuates the feeling of being alone. So we go there first to identify some of those things and really help explore how those impact the person's anxiety, feelings of overwhelm, whatever. So I think that's important to, to settle first. Then we can institute things like the positive anticipation. And what that is, I don't know that I really fully described that before. What it is, is it's having something to look forward to. That's simply what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, psychologists like to coin these fancy terms yeah. for something just that basic. So even if you don't have a history of having a great time around this time, hopefully you have something that you do enjoy. And to being able to look forward to that for that day or that evening or that week, I think will really help you manage through some of this. So you own kind of where you are, like, this is just a hard time for me. It sucks. I'm not going to force myself to be happy, but I'm not going to get stuck in my negative thought cycles, which is what we call them, to take my mood even more. But you know what? I'm going to look forward to X. And even if there's nothing there going on in your life naturally, create it. It doesn't have to be anything big. You don't have to spend money. Maybe it's a TV show or a movie that you want to stream or walking or go to, you know, the adoption center at PetSmart and look at the animals. It could be something that basic that you plan for the next day or two that you look forward to. A lot of that helps manage that. The other important part, if you're, you know, connecting, if you have people you connect with, that's another way to help manage through some of these feelings of overwhelm. And I mean the safe people. Typically, we, a lot of us will have at least one safe person. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges is we'll say, no, they're too busy. They have family. That person, if they're your safe person, they don't mind giving you 30 minutes, an hour, right? right. They don't mind including you with your family if they can. Mm -hmm. And so don't be afraid to reach out to that person. You don't have to talk about heavy stuff. Just be silly together. You know, if you have that person, if you don't utilize a pet, pets are awesome. Yeah, definitely. Pets are, pets are amazing. They are. They're always happy to see you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so doing things that will bring even a moment of peace or pleasure or that actually was kind of cool. Just even just a moment, because what happens is those moments then build, right? So one moment is just one moment. But if you're mindful about having these moments three or four a day, then you've got several moments. Yeah. And then you look back at your week and yeah. you said, I had a lot of great moments. And then yeah. it's like, it's like building a Lego tower. It's, you That's know, right. you're just stacking all this you good just, stuff yep. on, you know, on top of each other. And as you continue to stack your moments, what you're doing is rewriting your history. Hmm. So then you look back and, well, last year was hard, but man, those things were actually not so bad, you know? Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Do you think, I just kind of want to, something stuck in my mind whenever you, it's, it's kind of a a little bit off of, we'll get back to it, of course, but, um, talking about like vulnerability and opening up, um, in your experience, like I have a friend who's just recently started going to see a therapist Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm I'm just kind of always like, Hey, how'd it go? You know, do you like your therapist and stuff like that? 
And they said, well, I haven't really got into anything yet. Mm -hmm. And this is probably like their second or third session. About how long does it take for someone to really start opening up to to you? Like, I know it's normal. Like, people feel like, well, I just can't open up yet. And I said, I've been going to my therapist for three years now. And we just started talking Mm -hmm. about some stuff. Mm -hmm. I said, stick with it, please. You know, give it a chance. Yes. Don't expect to just go in there and lay it all out in the third session. That's right. Yes, that's a really good question, actually. And you probably will not like my answer, but I'll explain my answer. The answer is it just depends on the person, right? Yeah. And I know that's such a, you know, vague, blase answer. But the, the reason why that that's the truth is what people who have not been in therapy um, experienced it may not really understand because they just haven't been in that situation is like therapy is a relationship, Mm-hmm. Right. And even though it's different than any other real relationship that you would you would have, it is a relationship and it's a powerful, powerful relationship. So just like a relationship with a new friend or a new coworker, you don't know everything and you're not expected to tell everything from the beginning. The more we're together, the more we're around each other and the more time we spend just like that coworker or that new friend because mm-hmm. um, you maybe your kids play on the same soccer team. So the more that you're with each other consistently. You know, because proximity breeds relationships, right? So the more that you're with each other consistently, the more comfortable each of you feel. So I I explain that to people from the very beginning, partially because I want to emphasize the importance of us meeting regularly. Uh Because if you come once and then I don't see you for six months, we're never going to develop that relational component where you feel comfortable. The other part of it is you have to get to know me and my style and my facial expressions because I, you know, have a different style and I'll be different than the therapist that you saw before or that you'll see after me. Right. And so you kind of have to get to know me and, and I'm, I don't know if a lot of other therapists do it, but I'll let you into my life and kind of tell you about my little, my kids and all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't want to hear it, I'll share it because <laughs> I, I feel like I want you to know that I'm a person when I leave yeah. here, even though I can guide you through your stuff, I still have stuff of my own and, sure. I, and I have a life. And so as people become more comfortable, then other things will come out. Now it has happened very, very frequently. The first, maybe the second session, they're pulling it all out and then, when they come back and I said, what was that like to talk about it? I feel exposed. I shouldn't have said it. I wanted to cancel today. All of that's normal too. We'll go wherever you want to go. I won't pull things out. I'll inquire. I'll question. I'll pick up on body language that maybe is telling me that something else is there and I'll reflect on it. But I go where you go. Some people have been in therapy. They get it. They tell you everything from the beginning. It's all good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're not worried about establishing that relationship. It happens anyway. Uh, But other people, it takes a minute. And so if you have a therapist that you really like their presence, because that's all you get at the very beginning, right? It's just their presence, their essence. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can't really expect for them to tell you a lot either because they don't know you yet, right? right? And so if you have a therapist, it's like, okay, I don't mind. Your office is aesthetically pleasing, which is actually a really big deal. Um, And your energy is fine. Then keep Keep going. Consistency is the key. Okay. Just like with any other relationship. Sure. Consistency is the key. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're talking about is being mindful and building those relationships mm-hmm. and, and making everything an experience. I mean, mm-hmm. you start building that relationship with like you as a, um, 
going, you know, starting a new relationship, right. you start looking forward to that maybe yeah, because yeah, then you, sure do. yeah, you start realizing, Hey, this is a positive thing in my life. That's right. It might be uncomfortable at times, yeah. but it's positive and it's going to help me come out ahead yes. and get to the other side of the hill that you feel like you're just, you know, treading up. Exactly. So and sometimes it just feels like a relief. Like this person wasn't giving me answers. They weren't giving me solutions when I didn't need it. Right. They allowed me that space. And then when I did say, give me something. They gave me something. Right. And so it's one of those relationships that really can flourish and and blossom over time. But it becomes then for a lot of people that I've worked with, and even for me in my own therapy, that positive anticipation. Yeah. I'm looking forward to That's positive anticipation. Yeah. So right now I don't have a therapist. I do have a coach. So there's a little bit of a difference. Um, And so I have an executive coach, which was really supposed to be professional. And with so much of my personal, because I'm an emotional person and Mm -hmm. I'm a girly girl and I've got all this stuff and, um, and my struggles, my, sometimes my occupational struggles, they're very personal to me. Right. And he says, Stephanie, there's not a such thing as a work-life separation or even a balance. It's an integration. So your personal stuff is going to come in. And he says, I'm not a therapist, but I, and I'm like, no, you're mine. You know? Yeah. And so we have developed because we're completely different. You know, he's an older white gentleman. I'm a 40 something. <clears throat> <laughs> black woman that I feel like I'm a diva, right? And so we're just completely different. But he is so paramount in my life for my professional growth. He's helped me. I I just can't even believe it. And then um, for my personal life, he's really helped that as well because so many of those concepts and the things that were barriers that we've been able to identify were barriers for both. So Mm. my point to all of that is even though I'm not, I don't have a therapist per se, I have that person. Yeah, someone that that you confide in. That's right. Yeah, you're comfortable with. Yeah, and, and it's become a positive anticipation thing. And for how me. long did it take you to like build that relationship to like it, feel? Did yeah, it take it a while? A yeah, it took you it took know a while for me part too. Of it was yeah, occupational. Like I was yeah. like, what can you really tell me? Really, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, do really? I have like a exactly? Do I have a secret in or something? Like <laughs> exactly. And then the <laughs> other part of it, honestly, was that vulnerability piece. Like, how much can I expose to you without you thinking I'm weak? That's beautiful. Right? I feel that same way, even though this is what I do for a living. And for the people that I help, I'm like, no, no, you're not weak. We're we're working this because to do this is really difficult and takes a lot of strength. Yeah, because it's like, this is yeah. what I do for you. You're like, this is me. I I yeah. help other people right. do this. Exactly. And for you to say, hey, I don't want you mm-hmm. to think I'm weak. Like, that's that's yeah. such, I bet that opened up like a huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And, and then, so, and yeah. he, you know, like. He doesn't consider himself a therapist, like I keep saying, but he really is there, very therapeutic yeah. for me. And it's his presence and his energy and his wisdom and all of that. And so absolutely. So it probably took being consistent because I was not consistent at first, yeah. honestly. I mean, I can tell you on my own experience it was not. I was like, sometimes this, sometimes that. I prioritize work and my kids and I just don't have time or whatever. Yeah. Well, he reflected that back on me. I tell him he called me out on it, but he reflected it back on me in a very therapeutic way where I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm not consistent as I should be. And I should allow myself protected time for my own personal and professional development, right. for my own growth. Once I became consistent, it just flowed, you mm-hmm. know. And then, so it, was and then a few it months. became like a staple in your life yeah. where you're like, this is for me. He's, yeah. yeah. It's for me, but he's become important in my life, you know, because of the space that he's created for me, you know, and he doesn't live in the town. I don't see him in person. It's all virtual. Yeah. But that time, because of the value that I put on it, that I've learned to put on it, because I honestly, I didn't at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I told you, I was like, what can you tell me? You know, yeah. Yeah. like, really, this is what I do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but because of 
the space that was created that allows me to be vulnerable, that allows me to challenge myself, that allows me to identify barriers that I didn't realize were barriers, um, that allows me to connect, honestly, you know, because I talk about things that I care about Mm -hmm. now, it's been invaluable. And it's now a positive anticipation thing. And it's one of the things that I utilize in times of stress, whether it's holiday stress or whatever, I utilize that. That's that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing um, your personal yeah. experience with your life coach slash therapist that he thinks he's not. <laughs> he's um, <laughs> it's the same with me. It took me, like I said, I've been going to my therapist for three years now, and we just started talking about things mm-hmm. and certain things. And, I mean, she even – she's funny, and she looked at me, and she said, you do realize it's been three years, and this is the first <laughs> time you've brought this up, right? And I was like – what? <laughs> but um, it yeah. took me a while because I don't know why. I, there, this is like a thing for me. I don't like the sound of, of clocks ticking. Mm. And I, I don't know what it is. Just something. It just, I don't like it. Right. I don't it's like to hear audibly clocks ticking all, all over. I just don't like it. Yeah. And so it took me a while. And I finally said, it's hard for me to concentrate because you have three ticking clocks three. in your office. <laughs> and she said, well, Oh, what? You know, she had no idea that that was just like throwing me off. Right. So she's so adorable and she took them all out whenever (laughs) I came to the next one. But I appreciate that because she actually took the time. She listened and she said, okay, this, this is, you know, it's, it's hard for her because of these, this simple thing of clocks where it might be soothing to someone. Exactly. That was a barrier for you. Yeah. It was a barrier. And I was like, I just can't formulate my thoughts because I'm (laughs) thinking about these. There's three in your office. You do realize there's three. three. That's a lot. they click, they go off at different times. And so she was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So that was just. That's great. That's I don't really know. Good. It just, it opened up that intimacy and it, it sure opened up that, that connection. That's so. right. Cause she reflected that back to you. Uh-huh. And you know, when I've been seeing someone for a while and then we just hit on a topic that we've never talked about before or something I didn't know, I'll reflect, oh my, I didn't know that. Why haven't we talked about that before? But I also do have an understanding. It's not like that they were just trying to keep that from me. Maybe there were more pressing things going on or maybe they were in a different place you know through that three years or whatever and so we had to handle that stuff first so a lot of times especially if whatever this new information is is pretty heavy for them it has been super impactful for their lives I'll kind of judge it as you weren't at a place where you could go there and now you are because that's Uh, healing right so uh, you've healed enough to go there yeah so it just depends and like look how far you've come heck yeah yeah, yeah, that's and amazing. We forget our progress a lot of times, too. Yeah. This is a, a long episode compared to our um, – we, we try to do a 30-minute episode so that way we know you're busy and you can listen to this in your car or whatever. Um, but we wanted to do – I might break this up into different segments, too, but um, we're just – we're talking about holiday stress and going into the new year, how we can – um, be conscious of enjoying things. Yes. So we're just going to continue the conversation here that about yeah about yeah. new the new year 2022. 2022. That's right. So we can you know kind of wrap down. I hope that I've given some good feedback about holiday stress and managing it. And really, you know, I'm not a big believer in just fighting it, but also to don't enable it. Don't do things that are going to perpetuate it either. Own it for what is is in that day. Do the some of the elements that we talked about. Tomorrow is a new day, and I don't mean to sound 
super optimistic, but a lot of times you sleep on something, the next day it doesn't feel quite as intense. Oh, that's so me. Yeah. That's so me. Yeah. I will sit there and think and think and think about something. Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Like, I'll have a plan before I go to bed. Like, I'm like, yes. I'm going to get up and I'm going to handle this situation. I'll wake up and say, I don't want to do that at all. That's right. Like, never mind. <laughs> it's really not that deep. And, you know, um, so I'm in a new relationship now and, and my partner and I joke, I tell him all the time, if you don't like me one day, just go to sleep. You'll like me tomorrow. Yes. Like, it's fine. I don't care. We're not doing, you know, we're not breaking up. Just go to sleep. Well, <laughs> I love tomorrow. it. That should be on a shirt. <laughs> just if you just go to sleep. Um, so that, that's one thing that we play about. The other real quick thing before we switch off into the yeah. 2022, I think it's really important if the holidays and the group gatherings are stressful for you, but you feel obligated or responsible for showing up, show up, but put a time limit on it. You know, whatever feels reasonable. Most of us can endure a lot of stuff for about 30 minutes. 30 minutes, you've made an appearance, you can check it off the box, and then you can exit. If it's one of those family trips where you can't get away, make sure you have a safe space or a private space, your own room or a bathroom, or go for a walk or walk the dog to then be able to rejuvenate, decompress. All of it do mindfully, all of it do intentionally. Have that thought ahead of time, and I think it'll make it more manageable in those moments. Oh, yeah. Be, be conscious of having mm-hmm. that out or, right. you know, say, I'm only here for 30 minutes, so mm-hmm. I'll give... 30 minutes of good, positive energy, and Uh then I'm out. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great information. Well, thank Thank you. you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you for the, how to handle Christmas stress. Yeah. It's important. It's an important one, I think. And so, um, so many of us just think that that it's supposed to be that way and it, it can be manageable. It doesn't have to be great. I think, do do you think COVID taught us that things are not, we think that it's supposed to be this way, but COVID kind of taught us it can change. COVID taught us a lot about, uh, no matter what you're planning for, no matter what you think this is and what you think is right or whatever, there's someone with a different opinion and there's, you know, it's not going to be what you think from day to day. Mm -hmm. I think that, well, that's what it taught me. I'll speak for myself. Right, right. So. Yes, I do agree with that 100%. Because if you remember when it first started, information was changing literally daily. Yes. And I think that's why so many people had anxiety because we couldn't predict what was going to happen next. Oh, well, yeah. We had yeah. we had so much anxiety because, you know, we, we were running a, a COVID segment at 1 p.m. every day on our, our mm-hmm. radio station. Mm-hmm. So for us, our, our job is to make sure that those with visual impairments get not only information but accurate information. Right. So we're, we had to, like just really, really, really research before we put out information. And like you're saying, it changed the next day. So we're like, well, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we have no, we have to make sure they, they get the, the right information. We can't put out there something because they can't go and read. They can't access the printed word. So it's not like, Oh wait, they changed it now. Right. So that that was extremely stressful. It is very stressful. And it, cause it took away our ability to say, this is what's going to happen tomorrow, which a lot of us find security in. It's not something we think about, but it's absolutely what we find security in. Mm -hmm. My hope is that what we've been able to learn from that is, Hey, you know, we're fighters, we're survivors. We manage the next day when things were changing every day. So we can manage this two, three week of a holiday period, Mm -hmm. right? Your family will end up going home. We hope, Um, you know, (laughs) we hope hope the stores will not be as crowded on December 27th as they were on the 24th, 25th and 26th for that day after returns. True. You know, so things will start to normalize again, even in this weird new normal maybe after the pandemic or in the pandemic with this variant. I don't know where we are. Right. But we've all, most of us at least have adjusted and settled into this odd time in our society and in the world. 
And so we kind of created a new routine of normalcy. And so just like that, the holidays shook it up a little, we'll shake it up naturally because there's more activity, but that'll, that'll dissipate also. January 1st will be like, <sighs> right. Yeah. We made <laughs> For a it. lot of people. Yeah. And for those of us like me that are, you know, dorky about Christmas, it's like, oh, no, now I have to go through 364 no, more days. It's too far away. <laughs> so no matter which side you set on, I think it's important to be mindful in those moments. Manage it the best you can. Own it. Find someone to connect with. Make it time limited. And just know that it's not always going to be like this. Stress mm-hmm. comes and goes. It's not always going to be like that. Right. So looking at the big picture, 2022, how do you feel whenever I... Whenever I say 2022, how do you personally feel about moving into the new year? So I have to say, and maybe you just caught me at an optimistic day. Yeah, good. <laughs> that I feel excited about it. But this is this is why, and this is all just personal to me and to my life, because I don't know, society honestly right now scares me because I think people are still being really mean mm-hmm. um, from their own insecurities, not because they're bad people. But I can't do anything about that. Right. Um, so what I can do is control my reactions, uh, and choose to perceive things in a different way. And so I'm going into it being mindful of the things that I'm really grateful for. Everybody talks about gratitude. Everybody does. And it's this great thing and all of that. And some people struggle because their lives are hard. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it might be really difficult for a lot of people to find something they're grateful for. But I think being mindful of that is I have a lot right now personally that I can be grateful for. And it's a season, right? I'll hit another dip. Yeah. I'll hit some struggles. I'll have a really difficult season. Right now I'm not. So I'm owning it. I'm living in it. I'm appreciating it because that dip will happen. It's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I going into 2022, one thing that I want to be mindful about is being outwardly focused, which means focusing on other people. Mm-hmm. And not myself. I was really focused on me and my little family or my big family because I got a lot of kids. So <laughs> focusing on my family, making sure they were okay and vaccinated versus no vaccinated. Now the kids can get vaccinated. What do we do? How do you transition them back to school? We got to pray. Then my son's doing football and life was happening, right? And people were still needing me. And so I was very much focused on how I stay okay mentally so then I can help someone else. Right. Um, now I feel like I'm in a good space. Kids are good for the most part. Like I said, this is just the way it is now. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be mindful about being other focused. When we're altruistic, that's very cathartic and good for our mental health. Helping other people makes us feel good. So some people say, well, that's really still about you. Well, but I've benefited someone else. So even if it's giving a compliment or smiling at someone or being curious, like we talked about, or Mm -hmm. connecting with someone that you haven't connected with before, and remember, it simply means engaging in a conversation with them and talking about what you and they both care about. That's where I would really like to be for 2022. I don't believe in resolutions because I don't stick to them. Right. I'm a Libra. I'm fickle. I'll <laughs> yeah. do it for a week. And then I forget I'm supposed to be even doing it. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. I have some goals. I'm excited. My, my son is, um, entering his senior year. Uh, and I'll say senior year because he's going to graduate a semester early. So he'll be graduating December, 2022. He's got exciting. Some, yeah. And he's got some scholarship offers already. Nice. So our, my focus will be there personally and keeping the boundaries that I've set for myself, for my work life and my personal life of letting people know what they can expect of me, as opposed to just running ragged and trying to please everyone. And then I end up angry that I agreed to do something and I don't enjoy it. And I've missed that <laughs> moment. Right. Yeah. And so those things, I think, so being outwardly focused and just 
doing something outside of my comfort zone to engage with someone else, I think is really going to be beneficial for me. The question is what's beneficial for everyone else. And that's a personal thing. I have two words that I say all the time, mindful, which I feel like that's probably watered down over the last few years. Yeah. But being intentional, I think kind of captures that as well. So I like the term intentional living. Intentional living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like an apartment complex. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Never no. thought about it as an apartment complex. I would live there. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It sounds awesome. It, wouldn't it sound amazing if it had a great pool or lazy you river? Get, and Yeah, it sounds like they have and... like great potlucks and stuff <laughs> exactly, like that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so living intentionally means not just going through my day-to-day on autopilot. I want to connect at least a few times in my day. I, I'm realistic. You can't connect all the time, right, and be constantly on and engaged. And some people sure. can, but I'm an extroverted introvert. So introvert, being introverted means I need my time away from everyone mm-hmm. to just rejuvenate, you know. But even that can be intentional, right? Maybe one, you know, one week uh, the kids will go to bed a little extra early so I can have that time. Whatever it might mean doing things that don't necessarily cost money to experience that little bit of peace or mm-hmm. being grateful and told you I can't be consistent. I'm not going to do this stuff every day, but there is going to be some positive anticipation in there. I am going to be mindful about being grateful. Those things to manage the normal life stress. Do you think that we can rewire our brains per se to be more intentional? We absolutely can. You know, I think if I didn't believe in rewiring, I would be in the wrong profession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's what we call cognitive reprocessing, okay. which is, um, first of all, thinking about how you think, right? finding where the thoughts or the thought cycles or patterns per se aren't helpful, because just like we behave in patterns, we think in patterns, right? And when I say we, we behave in patterns, think about it. We probably park in the same area at work, whether you have an assigned spot, you're not, probably not a assigned spot. You sit in the same place at class, right? I mean, true. So those things we... we naturally behave in patterns. So we think in patterns too. And so not all of those patterns are beneficial. So it's working with a professional or a life coach, or even just a friend that will reflect some of this to you, finding out what's not beneficial and how you think and how you perceive and being curious about, Hmm, that's not helpful. What could be helpful? How could I see these things differently? How could I think about this differently? Um, all of that, doing that consistently leads to intentional living. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes sense. It's like a, yeah, I never really thought about it like that because we've talked before how important it is like for kids to have a schedule. Yes. They feel more comfortable if there's a schedule, a pattern. Um, as adults, it makes sense too. Mm-hmm. We, we do it without being like, it's not as noticeable, I think. Right. Like as a, if you had a kid in school or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, we kind of, we do have patterns. Yeah, we absolutely do. That's just how, just human nature, honestly, um, whether it's protective or, or whatever reason, a lot of times it's to control our anxiety because, you know, when things happen that we don't expect, what happens? We get thrown off, mm-hmm. right? The only issue, though, with just being in a pattern all the time is sometimes then we're on autopilot and we're not engaged in those moments. Remember, we talked about before each moment, you know, collects and builds. And then we've rewritten a history for the better. We hope our own history. Yeah. So even though you might have a structure to your weeks, get up, you know, take the kids, go to school, go home at a certain time, got soccer practice, whatever your schedule is, I think 
being intentional about making sure there's an element in there that you're looking forward to, that you really enjoy, that's peaceful or cathartic or just relieving in some way, those little moments will add up. And then the stress that we feel, it's there, but somehow the impact is a lot less, you know? Mm -hmm. I like to think of stress as being influential in my life, not impactful, right? Think about impact like this, like something hitting something else. Uh (laughs) Normally it leaves a dent or a bruise or a mark of some sort. Influence doesn't necessarily. It's an influence over us, right? Some things will be impactful, but goodness gracious, everything doesn't need to be impactful. Yeah. Right? Yes, definitely. So I would like to lessen the impact for (laughs) myself and the listeners for 2022 by managing some of that stress, by thinking differently about it, challenging some thoughts, changing up your behavioral patterns even, right? Do something different. I think that's great advice. Thank you. Um, yeah. Th- wow. We're like exactly at an hour. That's perfect. <laughs> we're, we always do that. It's like exactly at the point. Yeah. It just flows. So great. We, we mentioned and talked about just enjoying people's presence and, and being um, receptive to positive energy and things like that. And we always enjoy Dr. Stephanie Moses's energy and presence. So thank you, thank you for joining us again in the studio so and, and sharing your experiences. We always appreciate that. Thank so. you. Well, I love being here. It's fun. I appreciate it. And I'm hoping that it can be influential. <laughs> to yeah. some to some people and challenge them to understand some things are okay. Deal with your stress. It's not a big deal. But also, too, we can do something different at some points, right, to keep living intentionally. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Matthew Green. Please support us by sharing our podcast on your social media platforms. Any way you can help spread the word about our free services to those who cannot access the printed word is always helpful. The recording library also does not receive any government funding. So if you feel so inclined to leave us a monetary donation, please visit www.recordinglibrary.org. And also, if you have a question that you want Stephanie to answer on the show or you want to see a topic covered by guests that I'll bring on the show, please find us on Facebook and send us a private message or find our emails on our website, recordinglibrary.org.